Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. This is completely... Is that going to be on the uh, podcast, the song? Okay. The reason I I say that, uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, and that guy... You know, there's very few things that I would struggle with if the devil came and, you know, offered me something for my soul. A voice like that would be one of them. <laughs> I'd have to really give that some serious thought. Uh, all right, and I'm kidding. Uh, send all letters to Gavin's email. Uh, <laughs> right out the gate. That's right. Controversial. I, I've got, that thing I, we're talking about, the lines? Yeah. I, I've already got a comment about that, though. Let's hear it. We had a waiter that had a voice like that. And of course he hears from every person. Yeah. Oh, you gotta, yeah. And after like three sentences, I was already tired of them. <laughs> like, really? Like, yeah. Terrible. It's not a good waiter voice to sound like that. That's <laughs> funny. All right. Welcome to Bethel Radio Hour. We have a very uh, intimate, small crowd here this evening, uh, but we're thrilled that every one of you are here. We're even going to count Abram tonight and because uh, Abram's here. Uh, Abram, what, two months? How's Abram? Six, two months. Two months. Awesome. And so, uh, with that said, uh, Tara's not able to be with us tonight, so Kathy's sitting in, and uh, she warned us about these uh, (laughs) topics that, quote, unquote, she doesn't know much about them, but we're going to use that to our advantage because we're giving Kathy permission to ask, quote, unquote, dumb questions. Now, with that said, the reason I put it that way, I hear people come to me all the time and say, Brother Ben, I'm sorry, but i got a dumb question. There's no such thing. The dumb question is the one that wasn't asked. So... Um, with that said, uh, we're just going to dive in, first of all, to Matthew chapter 5, 17 through 20. I have it uh, here in the iPad, uh, but my iPad is also at 32%. So uh, just in case it dies, uh, we have been going through the steps of Jesus, uh, in other words, the life of Jesus, and we are in the Sermon on the Mount, and we've gotten to verse 17 in Matthew chapter 5. Excuse me. So I'm going to flip one more page. Here we go. Think not, Jesus says, that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth shall pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no wise or in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, We, of course, started in chapter 5 with the Beatitudes. Uh, You guys dealt with salt uh, and light of the earth uh, while I was uh, preaching a revival service a couple weeks ago. We were off last week because of uh, the Grand Prix cutout night. Uh, so now we find ourselves just absolutely knee-deep in a discussion about the law. Uh, there was, of course, um, immediate angst between uh, the Jewish leadership of the day, the scribes and Pharisees, because Jesus came in with a literal translation and a complete, uh, what would the word be, commitment to the original law. There's 400 years between the last words of Malachi and the first words of Matthew, and so for 400 years the scribes and Pharisees have been adding to and taking away from the law. That, of course, is going to put them in contention with Christ. And so Christ being a bare-bones, no-nonsense biblical teacher, there's major issues here. Uh, And so this is Jesus' opportunity, if you will, to get in his digs on what he believes about the law, what the law really is, so on and so forth. So wanted to set that all up, and I'm just going to ask some questions. I, I've got some comments here that if you guys don't hit on them, I, I'll volunteer them here before the end of this topic. But first and foremost, what was Jesus' purpose of making this statement? Right. You know, I've been going through this study with... Uh, uh, the core principles mm-hmm. of this, what I've titled it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love thy neighbor as thyself. thyself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. 
So it started from there. Which is so the Ten Commandments. T ten and, Commandments. And everything in Deuteronomy and, and all the five books of the Leviticus. law. Right. And the, the concept that laws would be built on the premise of love, it was novel at the time of the nation of Israel being formed. Right. It was novel when the United States incorporated the that viewpoint into its constitution and uh, Declaration of Independence. That viewpoint has been um, initiated twice in history in, in terms of countries. But Jesus' statement here is that he is making the obeyance, the institution, and the the enforcement of the law possible by his person. To, to me, that's what it is. His, his representation of life as the assumption of love and a legal system that protects it, promotes it, edifies it, cultivates it. Um, for instance, an example in the, in the American system, the presumption of in innocence until proven guilty is that perspective. We're going to presume that you're innocent until we can prove otherwise. That's uh, why the, the word allegedly is so important. Mm -hmm. we, 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 you know, I, anymore it's almost like a byword. Well, allegedly. But the reality yeah. is, is that if we're yeah. going to be a people of the law, the rule of law, yeah. we're presuming that you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. Pre presuming you to be a decent human being to start with. Right. A, a person and everybody wants to be treated that way. Made in right. God's image. Doing the others. Starting right. with that, that start. And Jesus made then the accomplishment of the law, law possible by, by his offer of relationship between God and man. Well, and I was going to say, too, uh, for the for the non-believers of that time, and even for the believers, they had a false idea of what this Jesus would be when he came. You bet. You know, so they thought he's going to come with a sword and a he's going to clean up. deliverer. High. Yes. So one of the first things out of his mouth is, I didn't come to do what you thought I was going to do. Sure. I'm almost doing the opposite, but I'm going to show you why. Right. So it kind of rocked everybody back on their heels, the non-believers and the believers. They're like, wow, we got this whole thing wrong. Yeah, the, the, they're hoping he's going to lay out a strategy of war. Right. And instead, he's talking about how to be bankrupt before God. Right. You know, uh, how to mourn your, well, your righteousness, you, the lack of righteousness. Wouldn't you think that would be? I think that's human nature, that we think he's going to come in and he's taking out the robots. He's taking right. out these. You would. That's what you would want. And he's saying, that's what you're getting. I'm just going to show you why that's what you're getting. Right. Uh we always have a, an agenda. We always have an agenda, though, with our oh what my we goodness. want. Yes, a, no a, doubt. a precursor to what you said, that 400 years of silence. I think we think of 400 years. Well, people absolutely, other than Old Testament times, lived a lot longer than we do now. Sure. But just think about your own traditions in your own family, what your dad did and your grandpa did. Man, if they had traditions, we're only three generations deep in America. Maybe, you know, well... What we're talking right, right. now. On, on a hundred-year basis. Yeah. Right. And, and, man, those are rooted deep in our family. So you're talking eight to 15, 20 generations right. of tradition. And that's how much resistance he was coming up against. Right. You know, it's not just like great-grandpa. You're talking. Well, you think about it. Uh, I mean, all of us have somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 100 years of, of experience on this earth. And in our short time period, we see nations rise and fall. Right. The same nation. <laughs> rise and fall. Sometimes rise and it's us. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and so we, we've not made it to the 400-year mark, and who knows if we will. Israel did, of course, um, but their religion, quote-unquote, doesn't look anything like it was intended from the law uh, and the such. So that brings us to the next question. In what way did he fulfill the law? If, if he came not to destroy it, but to fulfill it. In what way did he fulfill it? He, uh, oh, I guess a simple... It's not a trick question. No, but a simple <laughs> answer no, but is... it's a very deep one. It, it really it, is it, a deep it, question. It is, it's, it is. And it's hard to answer to sum sure, it up. Yeah. Sure. But when he said it is finished. And, and, and these guys don't have the advantage of having these questions beforehand, so I'm, I'm hitting them right off. And we right didn't listen to two hours of John MacArthur like Tara. <laughs> right, yeah, well, yeah, Tara. <laughs> She's got I almost, speed dial. I almost asked her, can you send us your notes? Right. <laughs> but, but when he said it is finished, he yeah. started it right here right. and carried it all the way through. Right. And he I, bore the penalty of the law 
on the cross right, 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 right. for us. So, so uh, when you look at the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments is how to live a peaceable, sensible, kind, loving life. Love the Lord your God. You know, uh, keep, keep your, uh, how is, how, what does he say? You know, keep the Sabbath holy. Don't have any other gods before bear me. Bear false witness. Don't bear false witness. But, but you know, the, there's four towards him, and then there's six toward your fellow man. Don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, don't covet your neighbor's wife, so on and so forth. And so Jesus absolutely fulfilled that in his life. He, he lived by those standards, if you will. But I, I think that uh, a part of the reason of, of him saying this is because the scribes and Pharisees are basically accusing him of destroying everything that they've built up, and he's trying to tell the people that are listening to him, no, no, no. It's not theirs to hold. It's my law. Right. You know, and, and they have destroyed it with their 200 and something positive laws that they've added to it and their 400 and something negative laws to try to carry out this, in quotations, religion. And, um, you know, this is one of the things that I always try to make sure that I will use the word religion in the way the world uses it. But I always try when I'm talking, whether it be through a message or teaching, the word religion is not a good word for me, meaning I don't believe Amen. that it has positive whatever. You, when you're talking to uh, somebody that you're trying to witness to and they say, well, I don't like established religion, you and I can say, I agree. Right. I, I agree totally. I don't like because what we're doing is not established religion. Religion, simply, biblically defined, is man's attempt to get to God, and Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. And that's why we believe that Christianity is, there's just no way to describe how much better than religion and it is. And if you don't mind, say that one more time. Because for people that are listening, sure. you know, like Dale Carroll, I know he's listening, and I know he knows these things. Sure. But I have used that line. When I heard it the first time, it shocked me to my core. And when I've used that in witnessing, it stops people. It's a game changer. They never, I never looked it, at it. It's a like game that. changer, yeah. and and I can't even remember the first guy I heard say it. But but ever, you you know, if my bullet fits in your pistol, shoot it type thing. Uh, it, religion is man's attempt to get to God. When you look at the religions of our world, it is full of creeds, which creeds have their place, but it's full of creeds and do's and don'ts. And you will have denominations that say and promise to their congregants, you live by this creed or law, you're going to make it to heaven. God's got to let you in. Well, it couldn't be anything further from the truth. Uh, Romans says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. And so Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. So religion says, watch me earn heaven by my works. God says, watch me provide a righteous way for you to enter into heaven, which without it, you'll never see heaven. Uh, and, of course, that provision is Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. And it's, it's about a relationship. Right. You better believe it. It's about a relationship. Which the Ten Commandments is all about that, your relationship with God, your relationship with man. Which love is the love pinnacle is, is of the that. pinnacle of that, the, the core principle. Right. Uh, that was good stuff. All right. Uh, see, what is the purpose of the law specifically and generally? And I, I'm, I'm basically so throwing you guys a softball. The purpose of the law was a schoolmaster for us. That's right. That's right. To, to teach us that we had to have a Savior. But I also believe, uh, so that would be the specific reason, but generally it's a great I mean, who wants we to live to by live. a neighbor that doesn't want to live by the Ten Commandments? That's right. <laughs> I've used that also Great in witnessing standard. to people. I mean, I mean, really, you know, you want your neighbors to live by the Ten Commandments. Yeah, and, and now other than the first four, like I said, now I will say those. So with a non-believer, I will say, can we at least agree Jesus was a man? Right. Can, can we meet there? Because right. even the Muslims, that he you know, actually yeah, exists. that he walked this earth. And most of them will say, yeah, he was a man. And I'll say, because even the Muslims believe in Jesus, you know, no doubt. he was a man that walked this earth. But then I say, now look at the rest of those. I said, is that not a great book to lead your life? Wouldn't that make a better person? So if you can get them to agree to those two things, you're, you're coming out the gate strong right. to start. Now, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, there's a guy very well known. He, he's in cahoots with uh, 
the young man that was a TV star, Cameron, uh, Ray Comfort, Ray Comfort. Mm -hmm. he, you can find him on the web. He, he's got a tremendous discipleship program. But he uses the Ten Commandments in soul winning by basically describing, and he's using it as the, the law as a schoolmaster. Uh, you look at a sheep 100 yards away on a green hill, and that sheep looks glistening white because you're 100 yards away. You walk up to that sheep, and now all of a sudden you can see all the dirt and flecks and mud and other stuff. That's and the smell. And the smell. There's a smell. That, yeah, I, I'm sure veterinarian Dr. Hooks that there is. Uh, I, I was around pigs today, so I guarantee you. Anyway, um, and so he said that's the same way with us. And he uses the Ten Commandments. He just goes through each one of them and asking them how, how well are you doing. Because when you ask somebody, do you think you're going to go to heaven? Most everybody will say, yes, I, I do. Well, why do you think that you're going to go to heaven? Well, I believe that God will weigh my good against my bad, and I think that the good will outweigh it because I ain't kill nobody. I don't cheat most people, you know, yada, yada, yada. And as a general rule, Americans are good people. And throughout the world, there's good people. Uh, and so, but when you hold, because the, the Ten Commandments basically is the character of Jesus Christ. And you hold your character up against that, and all of a sudden... It's, it's that sheep so on good. the green pasture. You're seeing the flecks. You're seeing the mud, the poo, and everything else. And, oh, my goodness, I got a problem, you know. And, and so uh, I think that, that this is one of the parts in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is trying to tell them, I, I am your Savior. I am the person that the law tells you that, that you desperately need. And the standard. I mean, he yep. certainly has lived the laws, but representative of the law. If you generally guide your, your life, in the best interest of your neighbor, you're going to become close. You're coming close to following the law, the Ten Commandments, of course, but, but the laws that we have in the New Testament also. If you want guidelines for how to, to base your life on that kind of a law, that's, the Bible's given us that in, right. in the New Testament. And uh, just to put a point on it, at the very end of this chapter, Jesus talks about how to be perfect. Right. And how to be perfect is loving even your enemy. When you can put anybody in that <laughs> slot where you can love everybody, then you're, then you're approaching perfect. And then and again, it shows us how we can't do that perfectly, and we need him to fall right. back on. It's right. Amen. A circle. The old saying, when you run out of your resources, run into his. Uh, so I, I love this question. I will admit to you that it sounds like I'm putting Jesus down. I, I'm not, okay? But I, I really want you guys to address this. I'm I just chuckled saying, dare you. Why, <laughs> I'm telling. Why the gratuitous shot at the scribes and Pharisees? Gratuitous means that he took advantage, if you will. Now, I, I don't think he did, but it, but it, it almost rings that way mm. to me. You know, unless you exceed, your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees. Of course, you know, they were probably, you know, they didn't have smartphones, but whatever the smartphone equivalent was during this part of the sermon, they sure, were probably okay. looking at it. And so when he said, unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and Pharisees, their head probably <laughs> popped up uh, unbelievably. So what, what's your opinion? Why that shot? Obviously, it was true. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you picking a fight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the truth shall set you set free. you free. Amen. Amen. You know, and I think for the religious scholars, he wouldn't say that to the layperson because they probably wouldn't get it. If anybody was going to get it, it would be the highest of their class at that mm -hmm. time, the smartest of. Yeah, and I just think the brokers of the law. Yeah, they it's really the were pure truth, and it just cuts these them. were the people that yeah. were responsible to teach them the law. Right, brother Gavin has has said it before that all of these people that Jesus are teaching to. Before this sermon, they have the scribes and Pharisees as their pinnacle. If I can be like them, right. I can get into heaven. And Jesus takes an axe to that or a skill saw. Whatever. How many times do you think they, think they watch, they'll go through their ceremony and say, I'll never be that good. I'll never be that good. <laughs> that, and that, that phrase has backfired on me because I've tried using in a sermon once the truth hurts. That's what I was looking yeah, yeah, for. Yeah. So I was standing at the pulpit and I said, in the truth, and everybody said, Sal, shut, Sal, shall She'll set, set you free. free right. like, oh, no, 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 it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it, it, does hurts. Yeah, yeah. it does both. It does both. 
so what's the point? We're, we're, now we're going to backtrack just a little to the middle of that passage. What's the point of the least and the greatest comment? And I've got a little bit of a, I don't know what the word would be. I don't completely understand what he's getting at because usually, because the phrase is, I think it's in Revelation, if you add to the word of God or take away, you're going to have the plagues added. You know, basically, you're, not, you're going to go to hell. We just talked okay? about this last Sunday in your class. But adding and subtracting from right, scripture. Right. Yeah. Lord help you. But or, this or seems to be this seems to be a completely different in other words, he's saying you'll still go to heaven. You just won't be very highly regarded. So is he talking about someone that maybe doesn't really give themselves to the teaching of God's word? You know, I'm trying to understand that. It's somebody that knows the law. Mm-hmm. You gotta presume that, and that he is on his way to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why he, that he made that distinction. Maybe there was somebody in the crowd that needed to hear that. Right, right. Some, somebody that needed to up their game. <laughs> Maybe Nicodemus, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and who is the other fellow? Uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Maybe Jesus, because he knows that they're, they're going to heaven, you know. Um, and, and so he puts that out there that he, you, you got to really be careful. You know, and, and I'll tell you, and this is one of those fearful things as a pastor that you get too familiar with what you know and you don't take it as seriously as you are. Oh, you get comfortable with it. That's, that's right. And, and and this is one of those... Uh, Warning. Max Lucado uh, partial hangings. Part, part of hanging. Yeah. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, the story goes that Abraham Lincoln was be- begged by a mother to <coughs> release her scoundrel of a son to pardon him. But he really was a, a scoundrel, and he needed to be hanged. But this woman did the biblical nagging woman thing, and Abraham Lincoln, fi- because she was a good woman, he finally pardoned her son. But his statement to him was, I wish we could give him a little bit of a hanging. You know, well, there is no moderation in a hanging. You're either hung or not, asked Jeffrey Epstein. But... The <laughs> the, the, <laughs> yeah, I, letters to Gavin. Uh, the, the, I, I guess for me... You and I ought to take very seriously what we're doing very now, uh, right now, mm-hmm. and what we're doing on a, on a weekly basis when we teach God's word. It's a very serious thing. Even the least of them. Yeah. Well, and um, wasn't and correct me if I'm wrong. Joseph of Arimathea was the one who donated the tomb. Or correct. No? Okay. Well, right there. So here's the precursor. This is how much before Jesus' crucifixion I could have placed in his. Yeah. Well, I'm with this guy. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna try to and that's a guess it. on our part. But, right. But, but right. I, I think it's a pretty, you know. What would the word be? Uh, a good guess. That they were in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. He's and talking they to thousands leaders. of yeah, people here. Um, if, when we're done with this, there was something I wanted we to show on the screen. haven't looked at time. We're, we're done. Okay. Well, um, as we're talking, <laughs> we're out of time. talking about religion this and stuff, this just came up. So, uh, Gandhimai Hindu Festival, the world's largest animal sacrifice underway in defiance of band. Uh, buffalo calves looking bewilderment, blah, blah, blah. You can go to the second slide, Brad, if you got it. This is going on right now. Um, now, wait a minute. Is this just a giant barbecue? <laughs> oh, oh, no, that's oh, the other one. That's not it. Oh, was, I'm sorry. There was two <clears throat> pictures. The other one. But right now in Nepal, they're doing a traditional animal slaughter to their goddess of power where they kill almost 500,000 buffalo. Oh, yeah. my And they show it. Goodness. It's like animal rights, act, pigeons, goats. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. So they said close to 500,000. And they've got these, like, four-foot-long curved knives and they I saw just, those. Yeah, you see right there. So they just line these animals up and just hack them to death. Mm. And so when we talk about religion and trying to earn your way to God, this still goes on. So tens, hundreds of thousands of animals are being sacrificed right now on the other side of the it's world. a lot of wasting to their, to their God. <laughs> so, you know, we, we think a lot of this stuff is Old Testament. Animal sacrifice, this still goes still on today. On. Yeah. You know, and trying Jesus, to be accepted. And that's one God. thing. Jesus is saying, I abolished all this, guys. Right. You know? <clears throat> so Nepal, just kind of an inter- interesting side note, is a, a country that there is a fledgling church there. Right. Um, we, the, some of the folks that have migrated to America from Nepal, they actually held a uh, Christian uh, seminar at our campsite last year. And it was cool. Wow. About 80 of them gathered together, and uh, they, they celebrated their Christian 
Christianity and, and such of that nature. It was really cool. Uh, so anyway, uh, topic number two, but uh, I'm trying to remember. Thank do, you, Brad. do we have an I'm just saying? I got one. All right, let's hear it, Gabby. So I need to break out my laser pointer for this one. It's a really cool study that they did. <laughs> it's great so for radio. They, this is how, to, how long you'd survive on a planet. The study was done. You can see the sun less than ten se- less than a se- second. one second. Venus less than a second. Earth about eighty years. Jupiter one second. And there's some kind of astrological <laughs> phenomenon going on here. And Jeffrey Epstein's cell you can apparently only live for thirty five days. <laughs> oh, terrible. I'm just saying. <laughs> Two Sorry. Epstein plugs. Oh, Two Epstein a, plugs. I got a Thanks, Brad. I'll find it later. All right, so I'm just saying that this this one's not very good to be honest with you. <laughs> That's all I got, uh, and and I honestly can't even now remember what spurred this. But but maybe it was the whole Friday uh, shopping thing that Don and I did actually on Thursday this year. Uh, I'm just saying the older I get, the more I realize that I'm not as near as go along get along as I thought I was. <laughs> I've always said that about myself. I'm just I'm go along get along whatever's fine. Not much anymore. <laughs> Get kind of set in your ways. The, the sleet little, <laughs> slightest little thing just sends me to the moon. Uh, <laughs> now, with that said, we had, Dawn and I had a tremendous experience at the Bryant Walmart. Those people, they must have absolutely told them, you'll get a $1,000 bonus tonight if you behave well. <laughs> because those people could not have been nicer. They could not have been more helpful. Uh, and you know what they were putting up with. Oh, yeah. And you know what was going on. And so when we were checking out, which took a, a little bit of time, uh, I told, because a, a, a manager had to come and approve this sale that Benjamin had found, this uh, particular item from 299 to to $100. Mm. Well, he had to get approval for that, and, and it was it was real. Uh, but I pulled him aside, and I said, your people have knocked it out of the park. And he said, will you leave a survey to that effect? I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I will. You have no idea what this is costing me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, you got an I'm just saying? Well, now I do. I'm Let's just hear. saying shopping from your phone online is where it's, it's the at. bomb. It's the bomb. <laughs> I've better... almost done Christmas shopping. I don't think uh, I've been in one store. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm sold. Bring it. Well, so, but let me ask along those lines. Um, of course, you know, we have the advantage here of being in a rural area. Uh, do you have any concern about porch pirates? No. No? Because no. you're there when it comes. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Good, yeah. Deal. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Good deal. I envision, especially in our urban areas, if somebody can build these boxes that has a punch pad, they're go- you're going to make millions. Mm. Be- be- reasonably priced. Reasonably yeah. priced, yeah. right, and, and reasonably sized. But the UPS or e, uh, ESPN, uh, what's that? <laughs> FedEx can, can walk up and punch a code in and open it up, put it in, put it back. Or if you're expecting a package for $25 an hour, I'll come sit on That's your right. porch. That's right. That's right. I love it. Tom's I love available. It. Tom's yeah. available. I've got it. I'm just saying. If Let's hear it. Brad gets it and it's able to go up on the screen. I don't know. I just sent it to him. We, we can <laughs> no <up>. pressure. Yeah, <laughs> no pressure. Well, and we can wait for the next segment uh, yeah, no on problem. that. Oh, there no, there it is. It is. It's, Jesus so First Church of God, they put on their billboard. Yes, it's right It says, Jesus willingly died for you. I'd like Epstein who didn't kill himself. <laughs> so, so three Epstein. So, so three Epstein. So All now. right, here we go. Topic two. Uh, this is an article from megachurch uh, guy, pastor, John Mark Comer, I'm assuming, C-O-M-E-R, reached his breaking point as head of the Portland, Oregon megachurch when he was exhausted after leading six services every Sunday he ended up stepping down, stressed out at a time of great success. The Bridgetown Church pastor used to believe the biggest problem for American Christians was liberalism, secularism, or the breakdown of the family, which, you know, you could still argue that. But he now has a different answer and outlook, and, of course, he's selling a book. Uh, I think, in all honesty, it is Hurry, the 39-year-old pastor told Fox News. The author of The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry said the root of many problems in the country goes back to people being too busy, too hurried, too distracted, or exhausted to enjoy God and others. The pastor points to what he calls Jesus' greatest invitation in Matthew 11, 28, 30 as the answer, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He calls this countercultural because the average millennial spends five and a half hours on their phone per day. And so many are addicted to binging Netflix, getting likes on Instagram, and scrolling Facebook and Twitter on a practical lever 
level, Comer encourages people to limit themselves from being constantly distracted by phones and digital devices and cultivate a daily time of quiet to sit, pray, process, and be still before God. He calls this massive and life-changing. But beyond that, he said people can start capturing the practice of Sabbath once again, something Americans did in some form or another since the founding until decades ago. It's an ancient human practice that has been lost in our culture since the 60s, and I think it's had disastrous consequences for Christian and non-Christian Christians across the soul of our society, Comer explained. Sabbath, or Sunday, was essentially built into our cultural architect. We had no phone, a day to rest, and that has just been swallowed up by commerce and the digital age. What we've lost has been emotionally, spiritually, and mentally devastating. Comer said he practices Sabbath with his family, putting their phones away every Saturday and worshiping God and resting. He encourages others to practice silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing. Portland pastor feels called to help the next generation in a unique way. I think people can easily confuse being a Christian. It's becoming more of a political word when the great call is for Jesus, I'm sorry, for people to become followers of Jesus with three goals. Be with Jesus, number one. Become like Jesus, number two. Do what he told you to do, number three. Uh, or do what he would do if he were you. Calling people to apprentice under Jesus and help people understand how that happens, how we make space in our digital world, and how we grow and mature into people of love. So, before we get to my thoughts, I want to hear you guys' thoughts, first of all, just about the article. Well, I agree completely. Okay. I, I, that that it's, a, it's a problem, and it it's stems from multiple things. To me, it's, it's a group of problems already existing, ganging up and creating another yeah. problem. Um, the breakup of the family, you know, you've got three or four Christmases to go to, you've got... Um, Dropping off kids, different homes, the sporting events that go on, that happen on Are Sunday. Are no Christmas and the fallout from that. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Uh, so, so it's multiple problems that gang, that gather together and create a new front of of assault on the the Christian life. And you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be sleeping too much. You shouldn't be resting all the time. You shouldn't a little a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Uh, right. So, so the proverbs the, on slothfulness. So, 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 but there is a, a rest that is sweet, and, and I think God grants it to those, to us when we are trusting him. And, you know, it's, it's a discipline that you have to develop. You have to develop a discipline for rest. Um, I agree, couldn't agree more. Um, first thing that popped in my mind was Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Mm. Um, of course, especially with younger generations, but I just... We, we throw it on the millennials immediately, you know. But w I just watched a program the other day on steam locomotives and how it was so much faster than buggies. And even though back then it was so dangerous, but it was faster. So all the people that wanted to do, so it's, it's, in, it's in our nature to want to do stuff faster. So we all have our own things. If you, if you want an illustration of how impatient we are, just have Brad Bandum do something on dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He will sigh 15 times within about 10 seconds. <sighs> you know, because he's got the fastest internet in the world oh, yeah. in St. Clair, you know, type thing. And now we have more than dial-up here, but it's not much faster. Uh, and, and so it's, I always tease him about it, too, you know. Uh, Kathy, you got a response to the article? Well, yeah, I mean, I agree that Everybody is busy and in a hurry, but I also think it comes down to prioritizing. No doubt. You know, and I think, I know for myself, that's a struggle. It's, it's hard when I have X amount of things to do to prioritize and make time for certain things that I should. And I think it also boils down to maturity. Oh, yeah, right. You know, right. it has to. Ouch. I've seen in church <laughs> people going through deer hunting videos during a sermon. And I'm like, really? And I just, you know, even if I want to do that, that ain't the place to do pastor it. Pastor Ben, Did you I, I won't say he the pastor the or the church. It's you know? dawn. <laughs> but, but, you know, so it just boils down to, and I, I believe that it, it changes Christmas us. Shopping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the, it, it changes your mind. It makes you crave that instant. You know, that's why they're talking about taking away likes, you know, on Facebook, because people are addicted to the likes now. Um, Twitter is in implementing something now 13 years for younger, you can't get on Twitter. 
So you have to type in your birth date. Like kids can't figure out how to lie on that. <laughs> but they're realizing it's changing people, wanting this constant, immediate feedback gratification. and gratification. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, you know, I, I I guess I've seen it on some level, but I'm hearing from a lot of people that are young people that are allowed to have phones at an early age. They they're not they don't know how to communicate. No. Mm-hmm. You know, they can text mm-hmm. and they can text their feelings and their emotions, but they can't talk to you about them. Just my niece. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to throw her under the bus. Uh-oh. She's 16. Wah, wah. <laughs> she is used to texting and yeah. doing everything yeah. with her thumbs. Right. And her phone rang one day, forgetting she had filled out a job application somewhere. And they said, is, is this Maddie? And she said, yeah, why? <laughs> her mom's like, oh my gosh, yeah. I have to teach you, said, I'm you sorry, at LOL. 16 how to talk on the phone. Right. Well, it's happened to us. How many <laughs> phone numbers could you remember 20 years ago? Yeah. I could remember everybody's phone number and the church's phone number. I look up the church's phone number now on Google. <laughs> you know, it's like 636 629 yeah, when I was the youth director, I had every family that had a kid, I had their number memorized right here. Yeah. Uh, but now it, I mm-hmm. struggle with my wife's number. Right. Uh, I can get it out, but, it, but I struggle with it because it's, just, it's a name. You go to the name and there, there right. it is. Um, well, so th- these are some thoughts. Uh, you know, he, he talks pretty heavily about the whole Sabbath thing, and, and I will be the first to admit that, number one, like the end times, this is a, an admitted weakness that I have. I'll say I've either neglected or have not allowed myself to dive in to the end times because to me it's so controversial. I know what I was taught, haven't found anything biblically to, to shake that yet, so, so I'm good type thing. With that said, I feel the same way about the Sabbath. I, I don't believe scripturally that we must set Saturday aside. I do believe that the New Testament changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. I'll also admit to anybody that's got eyes that we don't even do what we're supposed to do with Saturday with Sunday, you know, quote, unquote. Uh, with, with that said, I can tell you that uh, my Sundays are devoted to God. Now, I'm a pastor, you know. I'm paid to be here, so I get that. But uh, Gavin can tell you um, at about 1.30 to 1.45 at the afternoon at the Burnett house, I start turning into a pumpkin because I got to get to my bed. And I go to my bed from 2 to 4, I sleep. I take a two-hour nap. I don't do that any other time in the week. I found myself talking about this to someone else in the church uh, Sunday. It's my Sabbath. It's my rest and the such of that nature. And so... Where, I will, where I'm trying to tell you that I'm weak on is sitting here and trying to quote-unquote argue biblically that we must not do anything except worship and rest. I, I, I'm, I'm going to roll over on that, you know, uh, and, and, and just, okay, what, what, you know, whatever. Uh, but because I'm, I'm not biblically ready to, to fight that one way or the other. I will say this, though, that I 100% agree with him that as Americans, we have allowed ourselves to get way too busy many times. Right. And so you were wanting to say something, Tom. Oh, no, no. Okay. So, so, so the these principle are, of rest is in the Scripture. No New, doubt. Old Testament and New Testament. Right. And the, the principle's there. And we, we often blow by the, the tyranny of the urgent makes us give that up first. It gives that rest up first and that personable, personal, personal care. Well, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when Jesus said, is it not lawful to heal somebody you right. know, with the man with the withered hand? Right. So that's where I think, again, it's maturity and a personal conviction where you're at about that. Like I used to do everything on Sunday. I'd go to church and then cut the grass and do all this. And then I'd have side jobs. And personally, I made it to where I won't make money on a Sunday. There you go. I won't go do a side job. Now, there if somebody go. needs a barn roof repaired, I'll go right. help them do that. Right. But, yeah, so I think it just boils down to what the Holy Spirit allows you to do in good conscience on Sunday. So, so what I just put here in my notes, we should observe the Sabbath to some level, to, to some level. And I think each person has to determine that with their relationship with God. We should evaluate our business and adjust if we have no time for God 
or godly endeavors. You've heard me say that if you're too busy to make it to church, to, you know, teach your kids in Scripture, so on and so on, you, you're too busy. You know, if you're too busy to do the things God has called us to do, uh, ask yourself this question. What do I do as a discipline to evaluate my commitments and schedule? Do you have an evaluation time periodically where, okay, what, what do I need to let go? What do I need to add? I, I'm getting ready to do that as I, and, and, and let's just address this very quickly. Uh, not that all of our church members listen to this. I, I know they don't, but I, I made a statement in first service. I don't remember, Kathy, if you were at that particular service two weeks ago, but I made the statement about uh, this position that's available for our state missions director. Well, so people thought that that's a full-time gig and that I was basically preparing the church that I'm, I'm fixing to leave. Couldn't be anything further from the truth, <laughs> at least as far as I know. Uh, and you wondered why they scheduled a potluck. No know? doubt, <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, celebration. Um, so this is would be a 10-hour-a-month responsibility type thing, and uh, I'm just prayerfully considering whether I should throw my hat in the ring. Uh, I don't have to give an application till December the 31st. So I've jokingly said I'm going to wait till 12 midnight on December 31st before I put my hat in. But uh, nonetheless, um, I, I, before I can do that, i got to make sure I'm successfully, effectively doing the things I'm already slated, such as Amen. pastoring the church, such as chairman of the camp committee, yada, yada, yada. So uh, do I ask God before I add a responsibility? Hmm. You know, that, that's a oh, tough yeah. one for me. Oh, yeah. We should. We most certainly should. Absolutely. All right. Uh, anything else, guys, on, on that topic before we move on? It's 741. Jamie said, when you go to jail, not having phone numbers is a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, Larry DeCon says, uh, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Why is it nowadays they think we are a hate group? Also, they put too many crazy ads, too many, to the law, and Jesus wants them to relearn the original laws. And, of course, that was slated towards our first topic that we did. Topic three. So, Brother uh, Brad, if you've got the video, and for those of you in the podcast land, this is a video that a family did. You can find it on the Internet. Family Grinch. So two You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch, you really You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. There's a serious mean side to that mom. Yeah. Oh, she was Serious. gleefully. I mean, yes. she was eating that up. The kids were, I mean, it looked like they were acting oh, at a horror movie. They were scared to death. All they had in their mind was the Grinch is going to eat me, going to eat the meat off my bones. So uh, if you're in podcast land, uh, Google that. It'll come up. Uh, family Grinch, uh, something along those lines. And, but anyway, so now we're going to talk about uh, is this okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Kathy. Let's start with Kathy. Is this okay, Kathy? Oh, why are we starting with me? Yeah, because we've been starting with the guys. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Would uh, you do it? I mean, I'm the one that jumps around the door to scare my children, so... <laughs> e, I don't... Possibly. Have your children started scaring you? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. They try. They, right, right, right. <laughs> I pretend. <laughs> right. D Dawn and I got into this thing early, uh, obviously after marriage, where we would hit each other with cold water in the hot shower. <laughs> and when she got better at it than I did. <laughs> it wasn't fair anymore. Anyway. Yeah, I called a stop to it. I called a this stop to it. This is childish. <laughs> we are above this. But I was the first one to do it, and it was wonderful. Uh, of course, you understand that uh, I went to a college that still had community restrooms. And so I'd been treated that way in college, you know, from day one type thing. Um, some things you ought to leave in college. Probably. Yeah, right, right. No, no <laughs> doubt. Trust me, there are some things I'm not going to share <laughs> on this internet venue. Uh, so um, what, what she wanted us to do here, which I think is awesome, 
is to uh, share uh, our family uh, favorite family Christmas mishap or prank. But before we do that, what, what do you think, Tommy? I know you've got an opinion here, so well, let's hear it. It's you know I consider myself square on a lot of things. I find myself in a circle of people that I think are. Christian-esque, you know, a lot of times I'm like more lettered to the law, legalistic, you right. know, I just go back to when it comes to children where he says, unless you become like these little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So if those kids, we don't know the backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be Again, a family. they may have asked for it. Yeah, they, you'll never, see Grinch. You'll Let's never scare Grinch. us, mom. But when you take something, in my eyes, that would be a, a calm, beautiful family tradition. <laughs> and you see the pure fear oh, in them children You've just taken that was genuine. You've just taken something from them children though. That childhood innocence, that trust they have with a mother and a father. You know, and it's like I just I think it's a little too far. Now if those kids were teenagers, go for it. They've already been corrupted and ruined by the world. But those little kids were scared. And I just think, you know, they will never forget that. And there's going to be a little piece of them. That little twinkle's gone next year when they do family pictures. Right. You know, so I think in that instance, it was a little much. I, if, I, if I was that mom, I would sleep with one eye open. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Because if those kids are mischievous at all, they're going to get mom it's, back. And it's now. also, you know, if it was just family pictures. You know, it's something about the Christmas pictures. We're at our 90s. <laughs> and it's like, and then they just brought evil scaredness into it. You know, so... I think it was a little much for me. Now, I'll say this, too, though. The Grinch was not, I mean, I mean he just walks out. He, he went, ah, you know, coming at him. And, just stepped out from behind right, the tree. That's all he did. Yeah. And, and so stood you, there. I like you said, I'd love to know the backstory. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> that mother was genuinely, she was almost Gleeful. getting paybacks. Right? And it makes, that makes you wonder if that's what, if they were starting the I'm scaring mom thing. There you go. Because that happened at my house one time and we almost had to get counseling for Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one I, of my favorite I stories. scare my family all the time, all the time. But it's, you know, it's, we were talking Hiding about this at work this today, and I have such a dark side that, that it, it, I can't help but laugh at stuff like that. We, when uh, This is probably 10 years ago. I had a friend out here that had a dog that passed away in February. And the dog... Thoughts and prayers. It was outside, <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. It was a very tearful, emotional event for them, but the dog was froze solid. It was outside, and it froze solid. So I, I put it in one of my dog crates to take in. I, I hope no clients are listening to this. Or animal rights activists. You might want to reconsider. Is there a governing body over veterinarians? <laughs> Hopefully they have a sense of humor. So I put the dog in a dog crate and put it in the back of my car. And I often take some of you guys, have, I've taken your pets into the clinic to do vaccinations on them and bring them back home. Well, one of my new employees knew that I did that, and I told her, I said, I brought one with me today to do vaccines on, if you could run out and get them out of the car. It, it was worth the price of admission. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I laughed so hard, I couldn't say I was sorry when she was coming, she pounded me, she didn't know me that well. Anyway, I, I have such a dark side, just hilarious. Well, along those lines, those sort of thing. I, I, she does not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I thought you were going, Gavin had a, a, a pet called Rainbow, this oh, yeah. vicious cat. Yeah. She was a wonderful cat to the Hooks family, but you didn't mess yeah. with her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was Vicious. a male, but he yeah, was named I'm Rainbow. Heart, and we think that's part of the one. Heart Bobcat. <laughs> like boy named Sue. Yeah, so, exactly. He had uh, a chip on his shoulder. Is there, is Ken told... Denise, I think Rainbow's been hit on the road, right? On Highway K. Highway K. Happens almost Happens every all day. the time. So nobody was surprised at that. So Ken brings the cat into the garage. Denise lets Gavin know. Gavin's like, well, I'll go check on it. We'll talk to the girls when yeah. we get home. He brings Rainbow in with him, and Rainbow's alive. Well, no, when I, when I get out of the car, Denise, I, I'm sure that Rainbow's dead. I got you. And I'm walking to the, to the porch, and I, something rubs up against my leg, and I was like, Rainbow? So I picked him up. Sure enough, it's my cat, Rainbow. Right. <laughs> I went, What's going on here? So Denise said she'd put the cat in the garage, so I went out to the garage. There's a dead cat that's just like my, my cat. I said, this is going to be This fine. is going to be great. <laughs> oh. So 
When they got, got home, I told Denise, I'm going to go out and ch check on Rainbow. Went out and brought him back. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, this is how good of a veterinarian <laughs> Gavin is. He brought yeah. the dead back to life. She was walking by the door, and, she, and Rainbow lifted his head as she came around the door and through the window, and she did a double take, and I said, yeah. Okay, welcome. enough comedy Sorry. time here. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you got any comments about just the, the situation itself? Do, do you have a problem with them doing this? It seemed a little harsh, but like I say, I've got such a dark side. I'd I love to know it. the yeah, back, I backdrop, but uh, I, I agree. It could be, it was... <laughs> I hated well, was, that I missed the a, opportunity I, when my <laughs> kids were that age to do that. I, you know, I kind of hate it that I think it's so funny. I, I don't right, know. Right, right. I feel so, guilty about laughing at uh, it. This is what I wrote in my notes here. I think this is ingenious. The <laughs> eminent theologian Kobe Bryant said, sometimes you have to create conflict to confront a particular issue. Okay? So think about it. He's quoting Kobe, but I yeah. can't quote <laughs> Kanye. So this family, in a safe, controlled environment, scared their kids to death. Unfortunately, we know that in this day and age, our youngest children can be confronted with the scariest and deadliest of situations, a school shooting, a mugger, a, mm. a kidnapper, whatever the case may be, uh, in what used to be safe places. Well, what will they do in those situations? Can they be prepared for them? What would you like them to be prepared to do in those situations? So this family had a teachable moment for the next week. If, if not longer. That you're not safe anywhere. <laughs> anywhere even even at home. Don't close but, but your But think eyes. about it. That's right. <laughs> the first thing I would do is I would set them down. And, and if I did feel guilty about it, I would admit that. I'd own that. I, I had no clue that you kids would just freak out. <laughs> I'm sorry. But now I know that I have not properly prepared you for a situation like this. That little guy that ran first, he's supposed to be protecting a little sister. So you got a, you've got a teachable moment on manhood. You've got a teachable moment on fight or flight. If you guys were really, truly in, in danger, you did the right thing. You, you uh, saturated that place with your absence. You know, that, that's the right thing. And then uh, the last one that I just thought of, uh, calling out to Jesus. You know, Amen. When, when, when you get into a situation that you don't know any other, you call out to scream his name, watch him work. Talk to him. We watch uh, Channel 30-something TBD, Prank Network, all oh, the time. Wow. And uh, they do constant skits. And some of their spooky skits where they run out with clown masks and stuff, you know, if there's 10 skits, three or four of those people just start swinging. The other ones run, right. you know, so it is neat to fight, fight, fight or, or flight, flight, you know, but uh, that's what I've taught my kids. But if a seven foot tall greed monster, <laughs> out, might, you know, I'm going to get some distance and then turn around and start swinging. So. I'm thinking we should all go home and try this. And <laughs> come we call it a, a group. Uh, we're we're going to do an experiment and see how it turns out. Uh, we're, we're in that time of year, the yeah. Grinch, you know, Christmas. I don't know if anybody in this area does that or not, but that, that's pretty clever, honestly. Um, I will I be completely see. honest. My kids' faces look like that before Thanksgiving. They were all excited about, I can't wait for this kind of pie and that kind of pie. I said, oh, we didn't tell you? There's no dessert for this Thanksgiving. They're like, what? I said, no, everybody's <laughs> trying to get healthier. This is a no dessert Thanksgiving. It's going to be the first one, and their faces <laughs> look <laughs> like that. Yeah. Tell yeah. me you're joking. No, were you? we were joking. Praise God. <laughs> I did see an awesome. But they were worried. Yeah. Oh, no, that I did see I an awesome meme about the Grinch the other day, though. It said, and the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day. But he died because that's a serious condition. <laughs> <laughs> that's a serious condition, yeah. Um, <laughs> See, you, you, with the whole dessert thing, you've got me just yeah. flabbergasted. Randy there. didn't buy your explanation there, bro. He What's says, that? He, he's, he says you're just justifying scaring those kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amen. I, I, yeah, well, and, and I really do. But again, as my kids got better at it, I, I, again, I grew weary of it because <clears> now they were getting me more than I was getting them. <laughs> now, with this church situation, you got to understand, any given day, Shirley's here. Stacy's over here doing something in the sound booth, and you can find yourself in a position where you realize they don't know I'm here. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> and so then you got to work through the whole. Well, do I just take advantage of it and scare the? Oh Lord help! Uh, yeah, so out I, of them, 
Or, but anymore, because I have unknowingly and unwittingly done that. You, I've busted you those use... doors. <laughs> You know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I just, if I see a car out there, I'll just say, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Announcing my, my presence. Right. You can use these to help your, your plot, too. Oh, no doubt. So I, I texted Denise one time. I, I went outside to take the dogs out for the evening and went outside, and I thought, I could text Denise. I, I text, texted her, hey, did you hear something on the front porch? <laughs> no. I, I heard, I heard so, like somebody moving around on the front porch. I didn't hear anything. Just as soon as I got her text back, I stomped onto the front porch and pounded on the door. <laughs> she levitated off the couch, <laughs> moved Ran. into the kitchen, and that was a teacher moment too, because poor Caleb was left sitting on the couch. And he got <laughs> I'm evil. I know it. That kind of thing just, I just makes me laugh. Terrible. So, uh, Larry says a few years ago, the news showed a stranger danger with parents' permission, and most parents said their child would not go off with a stranger. But out of 20 kids, only three didn't go off with a wow. person. Mm, I've seen those. Wow. I had a uh, situation. That'll scare some parents. Mm -hmm. and e even though it, it's always a little embarrassing when you, when you get this question or response, it, it is the right response. I was at a uh, bow shoot thing, basically getting my bow worked on. And this little girl, I'd say third grade, just starts chattering my ear off, you know. So, you know me, I'm a people person, so I, well, what school do you attend? Because she was talking about her class and all that. And she, I mean, it was like something went off. And her dad was standing right there. And she said, I, I can't answer that question. I don't know you. And I, Good for her. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it took me off guard at first, but I thought, you're right. You're right. And I teach my children to say the same thing. My name's Ben Kingston. I pastor Bethel Baptist Church, Longdale, Missouri. Who are you? You know, and, and, and once again, the dad was all there. And at that point, she looks at him. He goes, yep, we're good. <laughs> and, and, of course, he had a bow in his hand, so I wasn't going to do anything. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, we do live in that world. Mm -hmm. we, we live in that world we do. that people that look like, you know, normal, quote, unquote, healthy people. normal, healthy people can take your kids away from you and do the awfulest things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that just brings us full circle. Uh, so we come back to the, to the law and what the purpose of the law was. We need a Savior. We need a Savior. Um, it, that's it, why he's pastor. Did you see that? that, that, yeah, that right. that, that's Bring it right. back home. Uh, ain't my first rodeo. Uh, so you guys got any last words before we sign off here? I better stop. You better stop. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop scaring people. Uh, I'm going to Google a Grinch Christmas after we get out of here, see if we can take I got a Kanye Ava update. <laughs> You got a Kanye, Kanye update. So the carpool karaoke, James Corden, I believe his name yeah, is. Yeah. He does some great ones. You know, he gets all these legends. Well, he did an airplane karaoke with Kanye the other day. And uh, Kanye's whole uh, choir is on the plane and everything. And I watched the whole thing. And, you know, they say the eyes are the window to the soul. Mm -hmm. I, I don't believe that's scripture, but I've heard that. I think the eye, something about scripture that. But when you listen to Kanye mm -hmm. talking about his old life and his new life, he seems pretty legit. And it's a neat, and they do some singing on the plane, and he talks about how he used to walk out on the stage with a bottle of Hennessy, and that's how he wanted people to love him. And now he walks onto a Bible with, uh, onto a stage with a Bible, and it's not about loving him, it's about loving Jesus. So it's a great interview, and we keep talking about the case studies of Christians. Right. I would suggest everybody go carpool karaoke Kanye, watch his answers, because James Corden puts him to task, says, hey, people think you're just doing this for publicity stuff. Sure. His answers are great. So it, it's a neat watch. There was an interview by his wife, one of the Kardashian uh, daughters or, or whatever, and she was saying, I, I'm, I, I feel it's important that I start changing the way I dress. They started asking her about the, how she was dressing. I don't know. It seems legit, bro. I'm, I, I'm, I'm I read grateful. that article, and if you remember when all this started, yeah. I said, when I see Mrs. There it is. West changing. There it is. Because I'm telling you, it's difficult. It's difficult in this life, and I don't care if you're a woman or a man, whatever struggle you have, the devil's going to make sure and bring it right to the forefront. And so for her to dress the way she used to, in my humble opinion, is an offense to me if she's now going to claim to be, in quotations, a Christian. Now... I think, and I'm, I'm trying to make this positive, that you could argue that she's not claimed that. He has. Right. 
And she has said, my husband is a Christian, and we're working through that and, and such of that nature. Well, this article was about how because of his Christian views and him being stirred in his soul of how she dresses, and I thought this was really unique, her visit to the White House. That three days after her visit to the White House, she put something that was you know, less than modest, and it just hit her. What, what are these people at the White House thinking when they look at this picture? And I was just there, dressed appropriately, speaking on a, a matter that I care very deeply about. They're going to possibly discount. You know, I'm putting words in her mouth, right. but that's what I took from the article. The emphasis. Right. And so I, I'm telling you, I'm, I, now the visit to Joel Olstein, I struggled through that. <laughs> well, <laughs> struggled through that. Uh, and, and For I, Joel Olstein or Kanye, one or the other, right? Yes. Well, I, I really truly yeah. believe we'll just... somebody talked me off the ledge on that, that him going there is no worse than me going there if he's going to let me tell the truth. Right. Amen. So, so I, I'm good so far. If Kanye starts making it more about the sweatshirts and, you know, the brand, right. then I yeah. think we know what we were fearful of. Yeah. With all that said, God seems to be changing lives. Amen. You know, yeah. uh, and if they're not against us, they're for us. That's right. That's Amen. what Jesus said to his disciples. So Amen. I'm going to get me a Jesus is King t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you, guys. God bless you. And thank you time. for all those Thanks of you everybody. that are here tonight.